broadcasting live out of a basement in Appleton, Wisconsin. You're tuned in to Fox City's Core on WCZR Code Zero Radio. For the show that gives you an opportunity to call in and be a part of the show. Our call in line is 920-358-0795. Core. We have a special co-host today. His name is Marty Meatmansisnowski. He's got a story slam today up in Green Bay. Marty, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome, and I'm so glad to be back here on Code Zero Radio. It's really good to have you back. You were on a couple months ago. Yeah. yeah. That, that was a lot of fun. And, and since then, you've done a couple story slams. You've got one going on tonight up in Green Bay at Cheesecake Heaven. I do. Today, I do. It's, uh, the theme today is a prized possession. But if people haven't seen the story slam, you want to tell us a little bit about what it is? Sure. I, I pick a theme once a month. We, we all gather together as a community of storytellers. Just It's just people from our community. Anyone who wants to show up, it's a free show. Just come. I, if you want to, I ask people to prepare a five to ten minute true story about their life based on the theme which a prized possession can be anything. It can be just a memory as your prized possession. So I try to make my themes wide open for anyone to come in. This is a not about being a professional. This is just coming and telling true stories about your life. And, and you're not going to put people on the spot if they don't want to tell a story. Uh, well, I might. <laughs> but I might put a little pressure on But no, that's absolutely not true. And it's so much fun. Just to, If you just want to hear, if you just want to come and hear what are the prize what people consider the pri- their prized possessions in our community. Just come and listen to the stories. It's a free show. The Cheesecake Heaven has great food, reasonable prices, great drinks. You can't beat this. And I, I suggest people check it out. I, I was able to make one, and then it seems like every time... You do it once a month, so you every almost month. have to like plan. Typically, it's like in the middle of the month. Third weekend of the month, every month. We run from September through May, so we have this month's show, April and May, and then we, we're off till September next year. So definitely running out of time to, to check it out. Until yeah, September. you better get down. You want to win the Who's Number One trophy. <laughs> um, my next guest has been involved in the Fox City's music scene since the late 90s. He's been in multiple projects spanning punk and hip-hop. He recently joined the band The Last Sons of Krypton, their latest release is called Metropolis. I'd like to welcome Ryan Lotman to Fox City's Core. Ryan, how are you? What up? <laughs> so this is actually a really good show. I feel that, that you and Marty are going Heck to yeah. uh, have some good uh, bounces as far as questions and, and conversation. So Last Sons of Krypton, mm-hmm. how did you get involved in fronting that band? You were obviously a fan. Maybe mm-hmm. if you can tell us a little bit about the first time you heard the, the band and okay uh yeah the first time i heard it was uh there was this erosion records uh they put out a local compilation of all like wisconsin bands <clears throat> i think maybe some uh minnesota duluth type bands whatever uh but yeah it uh it was one of the songs on there you know sunday flood was on there mr dunbar kabuki men millipede burger uh, yeah, of just a bunch of crazy acts on there, and uh, they had a live version from uh, the Concert Cafe, I believe it was live, and uh, yeah, it's their song, I Want, it was like one of those like punk songs that started out like a doo-wop song, and you you started to slow dance, the, t- the typical riff that they have, but uh, 
Yeah, and I was like, this rules. And I'm in eighth grade at the time, so that's like 95, 96. And, uh, yeah, and then all of a sudden, uh, fast forward to about two years ago, I started talking with Brad X. Uh, Brad, he's in the onions, too. Uh, basically, uh, the onions are just a big switcheroo of uh, of Last Sons. But, uh, yeah, I was just talking to him, and uh, actually that uh, that October, that uh, that Halloween show with Sloppy Seconds was the first time I met him, and I just got pissed drunk off my ass, and he's like, even though this guy makes, like, some hip-hop stuff, like, I get it. I get what he's, I get what he's going for. And, uh... And then I, uh, I, I guess, then they put me on one of their shows to open at Jamrock, and it was the Onions at the time because Last Sons of Krypton had not of they weren't doing stuff for a, a few years I believe, and uh, yeah, then I got up on set and I did a Gigi Allen cover and an early Beastie Boys cover, and they're like, yeah, this guy rules, and immediately was like, all right. They talked to Ozzy, who's the bass player, get him back on board, and uh, and yeah, Ryan, this crazy guy that does rap music, he wants to do some. They're like, he does antics on stage. He does these crazy antics, and I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know if I'm gonna do them at the Last Sun shows yet. I'm more about David Lee Rothing it up, <laughs> Iggy popping with the microphone. You know, I I don't have time to be, you know stapling shit to myself and stuff <laughs> oh st- stuff stapling stuff to myself i gotta say though i gotta admit though i'm impressed just i'm the first person that i've ever heard of that does gg allen covers i oh, love gg allen yeah heck yeah i got his uh on top of my foot here i got a stick and poke the the grave the gg live fast die <laughs> oh i'm a diehard gg fan yeah. Actually, did you get to see him live? No, I didn't get to. Oh. I, I'm, I'm only 41, so I mean, yeah, I would have yeah, been yeah. like yeah. 12. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna guess that Marty saw him live. Oh god, it's insane! I got to go to a sound check for GGL, oh. which was it, it was more insane than the show was. What's uh? I'm such a fan, right? So when I was doing this thing called the Gospel, it's like a burlesque sideshow mixed with noise and and hip hop, and I weaselled my way into opening for the Murder Junkies. Now, granted, it's just Dino and Merle and, and the other guys. Uh, I think P.P. Duvet was the singer. And, uh, you know, they're kind of like, oh, hip-hop, what is this, you know? Uh, we're the first and so far the only hip-hop act to open for the Murder Junkies. And then the second time around, we actually got asked, like, back. It was in Ohio. Like, hey, come to the Ohio show, and you guys, we want you to open. And I was like, cool yeah i got merle on a track too on my uh, last album the last gospel album with the it's i wasn't feeling rap so i was like i can't what am i gonna do with all this empty space so awesome yeah it's pretty cool yeah i like how you caught yourself on the the sh word mm-hmm. with the two f-bombs you just dropped really oh, oh i'm sorry <laughs> I, i'm trying not to i'm, I'm sorry not so that's that's cool. So Gigi Allen, like, yeah. if, if you had to name some of your influences, who who are some of your your major influences? Like uh, top three. Ice T. Uh, he, he's in- intelligent. One of the few, uh, I would say, rappers that are legitimately can talk like anti-government stuff, knows his stuff, served in the army. Uh, he, he's also a cool actor. 
my my dog's middle name is Tutuola. I, I just, I love iced tea, and I've always loved iced tea. He's actually the reason why I found punk. I found through Jello Biafra's spoken word on the body count record. And then I'm like, well, what's this all about? Uh, number two, uh, somewhat Gigi Allen. I mean, I I don't live my life by his <laughs> code of words, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not out there, you know. But, uh, yeah, just definitely as a performer, as uh, a case study of a human being. Um, three? I don't know. Uh, musically, uh, when I heard this Mr. Dibbs uh, Turntable Hardcore Volume 2 uh, mixtape that he made, and I was just figuring out, like, how to work drum machines and stuff, uh, I heard that, and the way he mixed, like, he was messing up like Pantera riffs and mixing it with just hardcore like southern beats and rap stuff. I don't know how to explain it, but it was hardcore and he's spinning it all on the turntables. I was like, well, shoot, you know, I can I could probably learn how to do this. And then, you know, and then it made me remember that back in the day when early hip hop was around, there was it was guitar based. It was, you know, they were messing up with the with the rock records. So. It kind of got lost there in the 90s when all the sampling wars and all that stuff. So your your first band was AWA. <laughs> and how did that, was that your first band? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I mean. Your first real band that yeah, performed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a little kid, you have your, I'm gonna, we're, we're a band now. <laughs> you know, we're a gang. Well, you guys did, did shows. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. AWA did shows. It was actually uh, crazy. We all, um for the most part, are still involved in music. Uh, Dave Kiley, he's in, I don't know if Shallows is still around, but he used to yell for those guys. He's in uh, Leading the Blind now, I believe. Yeah, yeah, um, And then he was in Sunday Flood, too. Uh, super hometown heroes of ours, and he got to be in them. That's so cool for him. Um, he's got a popping YouTube channel, too. Go check that out. Champion the DJK or something. Talks about his little cars. It's pretty cool. Interesting. I didn't know he was into cars. Oh uh, yeah, not car, not like car cars, like miniature, oh. like race box cars or whatever they call <laughs> matchbox cars. I don't know. It's nerd stuff for him, but I'm happy for him. The bass player was uh, Adam Zelmer. He's a, uh, he's a, a crazy metalhead. He was in Onus. Uh, I forget what was the name of his band, but he, he went to like a European tour. He plays guitar for this like super well-known metal band i'm just spacing on the name <laughs> was it like droids attack or something no 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 it's uh it's i don't know what it's called i'd have to uh i'd have to look it up maybe i'll look it up in a little break time but uh so how many years was awa active it seems like a long time when you're a teenager but probably like two three we changed our name to toxic shock because the W in AWA was, now I can see why it was, because it's an offshoot of a racist word, but they were at school, they were like, you can't put that there, that's a racist word. We didn't, we were attacking the, the wannabes, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we changed our name to Toxic Shock, because of, uh, it, we were still offensive. <laughs> and then we found it out, it just sounds like a cool thing, like. It's not a cool thing, but it sounds cool. Toxic shock. What was the the music genre that 
Toxic Shock was playing. Um, I would say I tried to be more like Screech and Weasel pop punky with it. Um, but we were we were all metalheads, thrasher. I like thrash metal. Uh, it's interesting, like hearing your your influences, the top three, and it sounds. I mean, the the genre is way different than it sounds like. Toxic Shock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I, I punk American punk and American hip hop came from the same place at the same time. So I mean. It's not that much different. It's just the instruments that they had to work with. You know, these the the hip hop kids only had their parents' turntables and you know their mouth to beatbox and you know whatever. And then the punkers get like a crappy guitar and just bang away. You know, learn a five chord. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, AWA and uh, Toxic Shock were kind of like like that early Offspring stuff. Where it's kind of like a little faster than punk, a little, not so not so poppy, but yeah. So then, after that band broke up, did you start kind of your hip hop project at that point? No, I pouted around and did drugs for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Is when I got like when I discovered, oh wow, all this stuff. Take a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But anyways, <laughs> um, and then we then I did the DPNs. Uh, with uh, with uh, the the drummer for uh, for Toxic Shock, he split up, and uh, yeah, then we did that for a couple years, maybe four years, and yeah, then around like twenty one, I would, you know, it was I was having fun. I'd freestyle around the keg, you know, at parties. And people would come and go, oh, I could do that. It was right when Eminem was, like, big and popping. And uh, eight miles out, everybody thought they were a rapper. And I would just shut fools down. <laughs> like, you know, and I was being goofy. Rap about cheese, rap about burgers, you know. All the typical things about who I do, what I do, how cool I am. You know, all the typical rap. Uh, you know, archetypes, whatever. Uh... Yeah, and then I got myself my first drum machine, uh, my Zoom Rhythm Track 123, I believe it is, in that, like, 90s when everything was, like, that plastic that you could see through. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess blue, and you could see through it. Whoa, the electronics, whoa. It's from outer space because you could see through it. It's the 90s. That's cool when they started putting <laughs> stuff in that see-through plastic. I guess, but it kinda, they kind of went overboard. Remember those Macintoshes that were like that? Like, you could get them into different colors, and you could see through them, and I don't know. It's totally <laughs> 90s. <laughs> so that that got you into sort of making your own beats and kind yeah. of the, doing the foundation of, of what ended up leading you to the next chapter, which was L-O-double-T in the gospel. Yeah. Then uh, I figured out, I sold all my CDs, and I bought a computer, my first computer, and this is I'm probably around like 24 at the time, <clears throat> and then I started working with sample manipulation, you know, the digital program stuff like that. Um, and then yeah, I did you know some kind of embarrassing type early hip hop stuff. I'll probably never release it. It's just too goofy. Um, but then. Once I really got good at it, like about a year later is when I got, and then I met all these guys from Oshkosh 
that like immediately took me it's like a cool kids club like with anything you kind of if if they don't like you right off the bat you're not going to get shows or you'll get opening spots the whole time and get laughed at and you know not to say that we're jerks but it was a long time we were younger but uh yeah so i was thankful that they actually were like well we like punk rock too and this guy's mixing the punk rock stuff in it and you know stuff like that so i got uh daryl pounds and then uh jb ill who uh me and those two guys make up uh world-class grilling crew it's our uh, little uh like beastie boys type group we rap about food a lot <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah so uh when i met all those guys i started understanding like how djing like the stuff that i didn't understand like I didn't know there were breakbeat records. When I discovered that there were like records with all the samples that you could just use and then jump to, I'm like, that's cheating. Like, I thought you guys were digging and digging and digging. You found that one little bleep on friggin' Steve Miller, and then you use that. But nope, it's already on the, the breakbeat record. Somebody already compiled it for you. Did you switch to the breakbeat records now? Um, no, but we, now that Serato's in. And I'm older. I don't want to carry all that vinyl everywhere and all that. So we just, we, and then we, there's like DJ clubs you can join digitally. And then they send you the breakbeat digital files. And, uh, or you can send it back and forth and with, you could make your own cues in it. So then you could send it to your buddy and then there's, you have the same cues. I don't know. It's a whole new world with Serato. But, uh, yeah, now we have like this, like, I think it's like a 10 gig file of all the early breakbeat records. But I mean, back in the day when it when before Serato, like I have buddies that sit there and they have a breakbeat record memorized. Like they'll go beep, fresh, you know, and they'll be back and forth. And it's like, you nerds, you sat here and you memorized that. Like I get memorizing like your favorite record. Like, I don't know, Snoop Doggy Dog Doggy style. I could do that one front to back. You know, I get memorizing that, but a breakbeat record? That's weird. <laughs> it's, it's funny listening to you talk about, like, the the easiness. Because it, it reminds me of people, like, with tube amps for solid state. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, the solid state stuff's so much easier. You have all the effects in there, and it's lighter. Yeah. And Marty, you, back when you were filming punk rock shows and, and everything else, same thing with photography. That's changed quite a bit absolutely it's i mean that's i can't i can't it's really even hard for me to imagine the changes that that i've seen in my life and even just with music like you were talking about the the different combinations of music i remember the uh, the very first time i was fortunate enough to to see metal and punk put together in a Mm. show and my friends and i were like what are they doing (laughs) it was it was motorhead trouble Dyke Kreitzen and the Krusties. And oh, those nice. four bands, they put them together at a, at a, at a roller rink down in Milwaukee. <laughs> and we just went, what is... We had never seen anything like that. And even Lemmy was like, he didn't... Nobody understood what was going mm-hmm. on. And it was so odd because it was the two crowds is... is uh, they did... They, uh, uh, Trouble played and then Dyke Kreitzen played and then, and then mm-hmm. the Krusties played and Motorheads. And the two crowds would just move in and out of the shows. <laughs> And it was crazy to see that, but but it, it was that way with film too. I can't, I could have never imagined that it would get to where it's at right now. Yeah, and you, you're kind of stuck in the: do I change with the times or stick with what like I'm comfortable with and what I yeah. I know and all that. That that's what's uh, funny about the um, 
the newest Last Sons CD. It's actually, uh, Brad really likes his, his analog stuff, and so we recorded that a live, basically it's a live take of a, of a practice session, and uh, we did each song twice, and then he picked the best ones, and it's all recorded on a four-track, I think it's a Tascam, but uh, yeah, a little crappy cassette, <laughs> yeah. you know, you could hear the pops do the you'd stop the tape it's on the cd <laughs> talking about like how you got into hip-hop and, and rap but you ended up eventually doing recordings and you put out quite a quite a lot of material under l-o-double-t and yeah. gospel yeah l-o-double-t is this is my rap, hip-hop name whatever because lockman <laughs> and as as, like i said snoop dog so as he says d-o-double-g and i just said l-o-double-t once but uh yes i if i could go back i'd be named something cool like Contrap Supreme or something. I don't know, some something better. But uh, yeah. Also, I, I wanted to say when you asked about influence, um, influence of rap was when I was like eight and I got Anthrax. I'm the man, <laughs> and it's a rap song that they did, kind of the style of BC Boys. Um, and I was like blown away as a little kid. I'm like, this is this is cool. Okay, so. Anthrax is out of the top four of the big big four metal guys. Anthrax are my favorite, and uh, except for the John Bush era, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's so that that really like both worlds collided for me early because I had an older brother, older he's like ten years older than me, and uh, and so I was stealing his cassettes and listening to Slayer and stuff at yeah. an early age. So I, you know, I was already a metalhead at that time. It's funny too because you mentioned that particular song and that, and coming from the metal world at that time, I was like in my twenties, mm -hmm. and I can remember we just sat there and went, "What are people doing? They're gonna ruin our heavy metal yeah. with this stuff. What's going on?" Yeah. And then years later, finally saw the genius behind it all. You know, it, it was also uh, the B sides of that are the. Um, the Black Sabbath covers. So that was my first experience of being like, whoa. Like, I knew Ozzy at the time, but not Black Sabbath. That blew my mind, too. But, uh, yeah, anyways, I did put out a lot. I don't even know how many records I put out as L-O-Double-T, the gospel. The last, because there's, uh, there's different ones, too, that aren't hip-hop. There's, like, the noise, uh, straight-up noise uh, stuff that we did, and then a couple of weird projects where it's, like, but I don't know how to explain it. Just goofing around, I guess, in the studio. We did a Christmas covers record. That was pretty fun. We got all lit up and just sang the karaoke and recorded it. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, I guess the last one was the Bodega, 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 the playoff of the that uh, Screeching Weasel cover. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, it turned out I, I was just wasn't feeling making rap music. I just didn't want to do the rapidy rap. I didn't have I was going through a different time in my life. I didn't really want to like get too personal and mean because I was writing a lot of that stuff at the time. And so I just uh, I got a bunch of friends and stuff to do like spoken word over it. And uh, and with Serato we could do spoken word and then you can manipulate it like vinyl. So we just it's more it's a hip hop and a beats record, but it's a concept record about losing your mind and uh, and dealing with stuff like that. Uh, you know, losing your dog, too. <laughs> well, yeah. 
And the, the yellow double T shows are always fun. Like you did a lot. I'd, I'd say a controversy was something that you definitely didn't shy away from oh, with, yeah. with that project. I mean, lots of like Satan references and a lot of well, ripping up Bibles and stuff like that. And not only that, but there was kind of the, the shock thing too. Like you were having people come up and staple dollars yeah, and stuff. You too. did, right? You, you got to staple me once there. Yeah, I, I did. Uh, One of you. I stapled you and, and Tom did too. Yeah, that was <laughs> but, awesome. But but so you were doing stuff like that. And I think some people didn't know how to take that, especially when they were doing the mixing. Like Pudge played with, with you down the Lag, And I, I remember just somebody sitting at the bar like. like <laughs> but I mean, did you run into that a lot when you were, you were playing with that project to where people just didn't know how to like how to take it in and how to. Like, what's this guy doing? He's crazy. Yeah, we got, I mean, we got some of that. I mean, I, I, I like all kinds of stuff. So, I mean, and if you're open-minded with music, which every person that calls themselves an artist just has to be open to all different kinds of art. Because how are you going to learn what's new? How are you going to learn what's, maybe you'll find something out there, you know, whatever. Um, it's like digging through crates. You don't know what you're going to get. You got to, you know, you might have to sit through you know, a whole hour of easy listening to just get that little <laughs> noise. But, uh, yeah, so we got a lot of, um, there's a rap is crap, like metal. Metal especially is rap is crap. Mm. <laughs> We're metal. We, you know, yeah. beards, <laughs> PBR, you know. Um, but I won over a lot of people, like Merle. You know, he was he was surprised. Um, uh, Merle Allen is who I yeah, mean yeah. for you out there. He, he knew, G. but uh, G. Allen's brother. <laughs> yeah, G.G. Allen's brother. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I won over the hip hop crowd immediately. Except for, and then that's the same thing too, because there's a lot of people that are rappers, and and they're out there for what I say the wrong reasons, rapping over their vocals on their beats. Stuff like that, and and thinking they're uh, they're the next big thing, thinking they're a star, and not taking it. They're not. They're a hobbyist. They're not a legit musician artist that'll stick with whatever comes your way. Like you know, they might be popping for you know, they might have one one good single, and all their friends like it. You know, and you see them come and go, and a lot of those guys were like, eh, "What is it? It's not a." metal show it's not a punk show they'd see me with my you know my punk vest or whatever or just however i look and uh which frankly was ahead of its time you look at like some of the the styles of the people now the new generation like ghost main and those suicide boys and stuff like that like you, you know 10 years before that that's what i was getting booed off stage by the hip hoppers you know uh i think that that's crazy not to toot my own horn, but toot toot, you know, <laughs> you know, I don't care. I, I know, you know, but, uh, yeah. And, uh, then, like I said, it got towards the end. Um, you know, we toured with the gospel and the, 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 you, do you want to explain what the gospel was or, um, it was you and your wife at the time. Yeah. And it was kind of like we talked about, it was kind of like a carnival, <laughs> yeah. um, just, burlesque is that yeah a good thing a good word to use it was it was fun like i i enjoyed seeing the gospel but it was also if you weren't ready for it and, <laughs> and you didn't really kind of open your mind to seeing something you might like have yeah you know maybe you're super religious or you come from a super religious family or something and 
all of a sudden some of the stuff you're doing during the show. I, I, I felt like I corrupted these poor pudge boys. <laughs> like, you know, they're, I, I've known them forever. My first show that I ever played was at Fun Lovin', and I played, these guys played, Mr. Dunbar, um, Turtlehead, that was the lineup. And then we weaseled our ways. We didn't know how to ask for a show, so we're like, hey, can we get on that show? And they just put us on. The other bands didn't know. It's funny. That's how things worked. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I just, I knew they were good, well-rounded. They, you could, you know, I'm a little rough around the edges, so I could tell these guys were from a good home and good, you know, good kids, good fellas. And, man, I'm like, okay, we'll play a show with you. Immediately, boobs coming out and <laughs> blood coming and, like, the Bible burning and stuff. Uh, and just the subject matter of a lot of the songs, too, is pretty uh, whatever. Um but yeah, I always felt you gotta you gotta be prepared for it. And I think when we changed over to the gospel with the symbol, I think people were like, okay, is it gonna be a metal band? Is it gonna be whatever? But they knew the angle we were coming from. Uh, but yeah, we did a bunch of tours with that. Um, four, five tours. I don't know. The last one was just <sighs> cripes. <laughs> when you were doing it was those a nightmare tours, you were mostly sleeping in a van or sleeping at somebody's house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is that something you enjoyed doing, or was it sort of after a couple of days, are you just ready to go home? Oh, I loved it, but I stayed drunk, like, the whole time, you know. I could go. I don't I don't really drive, so whatever. <laughs> I, I could just stay drunk, and we, and you know, hella blunt, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, stuff like that, and um, I mean, I was, I, I wasn't 40 yet. I think now at 41, sleeping in the bottom of my van... Especially my van's disgusting right now, too. It's like single dad van. It's gross. But uh, no, it just doesn't sound appealing to me anymore. It sounds like a hurdy back. But I mean, you know, you just power through it and rock and roll. You know, that's I just wanted to rock and I wanted to see things. I never really traveled before. You know, to me, I was small town minded. So like Chicago seemed so far away. And then once I discovered, well, it's three hours. Let's drive three hours. Could do that in a day. As far as like financial sense, did it make sense to do those tours? Were you making money or at least no. coming out even? Uh no. Uh, I we I lost money. Whatever. It was just for the fun of it. And uh, you know, I, I I you know like the traveling stuff was pretty cool too. Just to see the rest. You know, I never was at New York before. Here I am in new york burning a flag and not thinking about it not thinking about oh this is freaking 9-11 zone that's you know ryan i don't i didn't think it because it was just part of our act and we didn't you know whatever we got booed <laughs> how did that open up like it, your mind as far as when you would return back to this area seeing the different scenes and then coming back here would it kind of give you a little more confidence like i've yeah. seen what they're doing over here and yeah um yeah, it was it was pretty cool uh, going over there. But also adversely, when I went over there, they saw what I was doing, and then when they came back around on tour, people had the Christmas tree lights wrapped around them. People had the ski masks on. People, one guy brought a burlesque dancer with them. They had the the megaphones. You know, I am not gonna call out anybody's name, but people definitely bit my style, and that's what I'm saying with the whole. The thing of, I knew that I was ahead of my time. I knew that I was innovating and um, 
you know, stuff like that, visionary, if you will. But I just ripped off other people, like these rap people. Now they're probably in, getting into glam, getting into, you know, T-Rex and getting into, the, you know, the, the runaways and stuff. But I was already into that. So I know the progression. And Marilyn Manson and David Bowie, I know the progression of what, you know, you start out goth. And then, or, you know, regular metal. Then you get more goth. And then you go for the whole, like, alien space guy thing. And then you go for the pretty girl, you know, uh, kind of like the arrhythmics, like the suit era. They're like, oh, I'm a professional now, but also I like to cross-dress. But, <laughs> and, and then you go back to, like, you, you kind of do, like, the flashy, like, gangster type thing. And then, yeah, back to the just plain old goth. That or like the David Lynch version of goth, you know, the subdued old goth guy. But that seems to be the progression in a lot of the bands that I'd followed. That as far as like the style boy image and stuff that I do, uh, you know, you gotta, I, you know, it's not just the music side. The music was cool too, and the gospel. Don't get me wrong, the LOWT stuff, but it was more of the stage show and more of the the pushing it, pushing the boundaries. I mean, we got at the Wisco, we got the cops called on us and they thought like that it was a real domestic abuse situation and it was part of our act, you know, the choking and rolling around on the bed of nails. Um, I've exposed myself a whole bunch of times all over the freaking country uh, just because I rock out, whatever. I'm, uh, I can't play in, uh, I think that it's Columbus, Ohio, Uh the bossy girls it's like a, a pinup bar they do all uh you know uh burlesque stuff but it was like the la i was uh, the last tour was pretty hard on me and i was upset just to say the least and very drunk very very drunk and so i had a there's a glass of my whiskey and i saw it and i poured it on my chest and rolling around i got the idea hey, let's just smash it and then roll around in the glass <laughs> and they had to shut the bar down because they're worried about bloodborne pathogens and then they had an EMT guy come and, like, take the glass and all the staples out of me. And I was just like, sorry. I, you know, I thought it was a cool thing to do. Didn't hurt me. I'm not complaining. So you guys, you guys did some videos, too, that kind of extended your reach a little bit. Uh, you yeah. remember, that was your number one was the first one I remember seeing. Yeah. Strictly for my gingers. Yeah. Uh, you did some other ones as well. Your um, nephew Trace, who was here last week, he helped you with some of those. So, it, did, the music videos—is that something that uh, yeah. you're kind of pushing to get done? Yeah, I love. I'd still make, uh, even though the songs are old and stuff. And you know, the gospel is pretty much dormant. It's just me and JBL now. Just me and the DJ. Still crazy, but not the same. You know, I wasn't gonna get somebody to replace uh, Mandy Savage. You know, she does her own thing, too. Big ups to the dark arts circus, the stuff that she does. She's top of her field and the burlesque stuff, very good. But, uh, yeah, uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I just, I'd still do the music videos, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just part of it, you know. You kind of, now at this this era or whatever, you got you to gotta have that. You know, it's more about music videos now than just sound you know just the songs i feel um but yeah i loved them and uh mostly all my ideas went into that like i was the whatever you call it director 
and the set designer and all that kind of stuff and yeah the vision behind it all i think they some of them turned out okay some of them turned out really really awesome like the number one music video i'm very proud of especially on a budget of like 20 bucks i think most of that was beer too you know <laughs> so well, you you also put out a vinyl oops yep that I, I dropped a vinyl a vinyl he <laughs> said it, a vinyl this one yeah there you go which was pretty cool because there was like a cartoon <laughs> kind of there <laughs> zach wallenfang is the artist very cool guy i got the original prints he gave me the original the sketches of it too send that over to marty how long ago was this put out uh two years just about now oh, cool. dude the day that i got home with the record i came home to the empty house I was like, yeah, I got them on vinyl. Where is everything? <laughs> yeah, it was like up and down. But uh, yeah, uh, and then Jared, too. I mean, it is L-O-double-T, but uh, JBL put in a lot of uh, effort and does most of all the cuts on there. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to get that. Uh, <laughs> I don't really want a neck tattoo because they never really sit right because it's weird. But <laughs> I might get me tattooed on my neck. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. <laughs> and then they put my fat head on, like, the inside of the thing. Like, one side has that, and then the other side is just my fat head. Uh, I don't know if you see it. vinyl, too. Yeah, they Let's made it, it to match the color. <laughs> you, you do have fun. a lot of tattoos already. What, what like, pushed you over the edge to get the face tattoo? Um, well, I've been, you know, I wait my age. I wasn't going to get it when I was, like, 20. I always thought they were cool. It's a nice little placement. Um, but I did, uh, I did go through tumultuous times. Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, I'm a sad boy. I, I uh, got, I'm sad, but, uh, one of them is for my, uh, cousin, Nick. He's on this record too. Big Nick, AKA Tuna. A lot of new, a lot of people knew him. Um, he passed and then my, my dad passed also. So I don't have my dreads anymore. I used to have those cool, real big dreads. And uh, my dad died of cancer, and he wanted to see me with a nice young man's haircut before he passed. So I did it. I shaved him off for him. I did the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> my dad, he, I, I, he used to, I, when I would get in trouble, my punishment would be my dad would shave my head. And in the 70s, you didn't want to have that happen. Yeah. And so he, when, as I got older, I wouldn't cut my hair. I didn't cut my hair for, I don't know what it was, 30 years. And he always just say, what? And I said, the day you die. The day you yeah. die is the day. And that's what I did. That's awesome, yeah. <laughs> it's a great tribute, you know? Yeah. My dad, uh, when you were talking about prized possession, mine's right here, this belt right here, and I always wear it. It's my dad's belt. And boy, did that belt spank me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I saw that belt every day, every day when he was working. Uh, he always wore it the right side up. <laughs> but it, it lays different that way so i always like was like that's that's a cool that would make a cool pentagram or you know what i mean and so that was like the one of the things that i asked specifically for i'm gonna take that belt dad yeah was your dad pretty supportive of your music no uh no not really he's like he wanted me to be like a johnny football hero you know he came from the south and uh, he was very upset when I, I got a, a swag weed felony when I was, like, 20 years old. And so I can't own guns. And the family had all these ancient guns that they passed down. And he, I'm his only son. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, he's a he was bummed out. And, and, like, I just hated it. I remember one time, not to badmouth him or anything. It's just different 
different kind of people, hardworking man. But uh, yeah, he found my my poems when I was like in seventh grade, and I come home and they're just tore up on my bed. Like he didn't, he wanted me to play football. Yeah, and so I think that helped because then I was like, I'm not gonna live in Watertown, Wisconsin. This is a small town and it's very boring. Sorry, Watertown people, if you see this. <laughs> There's nothing to do. Big ups to Mullins and big ups to the the movie theater. But that's about it. And uh, I couldn't do it. I was like, I need to go back to Appleton. Yeah. So, and then I went to punk shows and I was like, yeah. All right. This is my, this is my people. <laughs> well, you've got a, a daughter. What, what type of music is she into? Punk. And what all that rap stuff. Like the new rap, the triple extension or whatever. She did show me a lot of cool stuff. She showed me Suicide Boys and um, uh, Little Darky. It, it's just it's the, some of those people. I it's punk. Bob Villain. He it's punk music that they're making. It just happens to be rap in style. She also showed me uh, Destroy Boys, uh, a bunch of the Linda Lindas. She's been, she's, she's on, she's, she's like her dad when it comes to that. Well, her mom was really cool too, but you know, she's like me when it comes to finding real, real cool music right away. Yeah. She told me about Destroy Boys like three years before they were on Riot Fest. I saw them last Riot Fest. I haven't heard of any of those artists. Well, get hip, get hip. The Linda Lindas are like 12 year olds and they're, they're, I don't know if they're sisters or whatever they're they're like Asian, and uh, I don't. They're just little kids that rock. They're like the Donnas, kind of a little more a little more lookoutier, but yeah, a little more soft. We are talking about the gospel, a little double T, and last sons of Krypton. Which at the top of the show we we talked about how you were yeah. a fan of the band, then all of a sudden you're fronting the band. I think that was kind of surprising it was cool news to hear that you were all of a sudden singing for them yeah uh joel uh from last or from from smart shoppers and reverend norb is also in that band um big shoes to fill like because joel was this was the singer that was last up for for last sons of krypton and then of course last sons of krypton are like they get they change out the bass player and then they switch some members around and then it's Norb singing Reverend Norb from Boris, and uh, yeah so I, I you know coming from now it's been you know twenty years or so since I last sang in a punk band, um, much less tried to write you know punk words and you know the songs actual songs instead of stream of consciousness uh, shit talkery there you go I said it again. But, well, that's what rap music is. It's like stand-up that rhymes, you know, and then egotistical. But, uh, um, yeah, so it, it was big shoes to fill and uh, cool guys. And Reverend Norb came out to see that Onion show. Uh, I didn't know he was going to perform with them. And then uh, so he saw my set, and then I seen him taking pictures of me, and I'm like, cool. Cool, cool. Like the little, the 15-year-old that was bumping Saucer to Saturn, you know, I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> so, uh, and then, uh, yeah, he he was like, he got the record. And, uh, you know, then I was like, all right, well, if he doesn't think that I'm bad, you know, I could probably do this punker, be a punker again. <laughs> or, you know, get back to my punkin' ways. 
Have you had to have you had to um, interact with him on a creative level yet? No. Okay. Because I'm wondering what that's like. He did. I I wanted him to do this like a parody for one of my rap uh, songs of what he did for the Riverdale's thing. We're gonna have fun tonight, and he does the calling thing, and he's like. Um, from Dee Dee Demira, you know, from Sid to Nancy, I, I wanted him to do one that was like from Biggie to Tupac, from Shug to Diddy, you know, and then I would write it from Kim to Eminem, you know what I mean? Uh, easy to Dre, like, you know, stuff like that. So it'd be funny, and then and also it shows my punk roots and like you know that I I did that. Uh, it just it, it I didn't get it I didn't get it done. I talked to him once about it a bunch of years ago. But yeah, no, I don't. And I, they have this one song, this old band, um, uh, Suburban Mutilation, I think it's called. And then there's a song on that they that Last Sons wanted me to cover on there. And it, Norb, he's his brain is fantastic. It's he just uh, so many words and so many hilarity little things and and, and thoughts that he puts into that stuff, like. I'm thankful that I just kind of was like, yeah, I'll learn it sometime. And then I just never did because it's so much. Like, yeah, man. Um, but, yeah, then uh, then they just asked me after I did that show. I think Brad had already decided at that point and just kind of wanted me to, you know, he wanted to feed the bear a little bit there to just, just get it going. Uh, but, yeah, the crowd really liked it. And then uh, immediately after that, I was pretty much... I think they just asked me. They're like, "Hey, you're gonna do this?" Because they were gonna have me do this to do the youngins, but they just they wanted Last Sons because it's it's a little more edgier and more punk. Some of their earlier stuff I I won't do because it's a little uh, you know different times in the '90s and you could say different things. <laughs> did did they have most of the songs that appeared on Metropolis written when you joined? Yeah, all of the songs on Metropolis are all their old songs that um now I just. I, I sing and then I do my own little extra things in there, but uh, maybe change a word or two. You, you said me. that was all yeah. on a four track, and um, yeah. it, it, a lot of the songs too are under two minutes, like yeah. a minute and twelve, <laughs> a minute forty. Like it's really like short it. songs. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, no, those are all their songs. We do have uh, four new songs written that I, I wrote the words to, and then I just give to Brad, uh, and then. He writes the words, and he kind of, or he writes the songs, uh, and then he kind of like rearranges the words, or like, you know, does the enunciation in his little demos, and then we'll bounce the ideas back and forth. Um, and I'm keeping it in the same, um, you know, I, I listen to their stuff, their earlier stuff, and I'm keeping it in the same theme. Like you're not gonna come into the Misfits and be like, all right, we're writing love songs. You know what I mean? All right, we're you know it's all political from here on out. Uh, no, so uh, the same concepts about the alienation, feeling like an outsider, uh, sexual frustration. Um, you know, I have my own little nods in there that I I put in there uh, with some of the words that mean you know they all mean something to me. But like uh, for instance, we have a song, "The Thing," uh, where it's literally. If you just read it or, you know, if you understand it at a shallow level, it's about the thing, the movie, the thing. Um, but, you know, on a deeper level, it's still, uh, you know, it's about me personally a little bit. But, yeah, so it's, uh, I wouldn't say that, I, I guess it's like sci-fi mixed with teen angst core. 
is what I'd call the punk. I don't know. So you've been doing work too with John Tyler Starr. Uh, yeah. Doing DJ stuff for him. Any chance that Last Sons of Krypton would go like record with John or have John oversee a recording session? Yeah, I've already talked about it because I want to take turds and polish them. Like I do with my rap. Uh, John Tyler Starr has always um, mixed down and then co-produced. Um you know, put in ideas and effects and stuff. When, and, and he's always done that for my L-O-T and gospel records, um, except for the one where we did the gospel penetrating gaze, and uh, that was Moody Black. Those guys are kind of blowing up now. They're, uh, they're opening up for uh, a guy from Tools, other bands and stuff. Um, but, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I had already talked about having John come in. We re- we're going to record it in our own area, you know, we're not going to record it at a studio. We're going to pick through the parts and do it like that and then give it to somebody. I don't know. It might be Joel, too. I heard that uh, Joel Lambert, uh, the old singer, um, I heard we can weasel him uh, for some free time, free studio time, Joel. <laughs> but, uh, no, I don't know. They're just, we're all homies. So, yeah. And shows? You got any live shows coming up? Uh, we did have one tonight. But Brad got COVID. His wife gave him COVID. And even though he's been hanging out in the garage. And then um, this other guy's just being a whiner. He's just... uh... (laughs) Originally, when you guys announced the the COVID thing, you were going to play the show without him originally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We thought we could pull it off. But then... um, the, my I got my ride. My van is all is all messed up now. So we're down one vehicle, and I live. They live in Manitowoc. I live in Nina, so it's far away. And uh, yeah, then the other guy, uh, Jamie's being a big wuss. He's he's not sick. He just says he feels sick. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a, oh, he's a piece of a drummer. He's got a lot going on for him. He's getting ready for uh, a tour with uh, what Biddy's band, Death Wish. Uh, yeah, I guess they're doing a, a East Coast tour. Yeah, that's coming up. So he's been he's been busting his butt, learning everything. He's just a beast of a man. He's the guitar player in the Youngins. Yeah. So it sounds like you've kind of gotten into because Last Sons of Krypton is Green Bay based, aren't they? No, Manitowoc. Manitowoc. Yeah. I don't even know where Manitowoc is. It's something around. It's, it's, you know where it is, Marty? Like yeah, I was hour. just fishing there the other day. It's like an hour and a half. You know what I just it's got only, into? It's only 40 minutes. I just me. got into magnet fishing. I'm going to go to Manitowoc yeah. and go magnet yeah, fishing. Yeah. That seems so cool. Now, Marty, it might be 40 minutes, if, if, but it could be an hour and a half if you drive slower. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you have his tour van, maybe. Mm-hmm. I need the old meat wagon back. <laughs> but, yeah, and uh, what's funny about that, what you asked about John Tyler, is well, the show that we were going to play. Actually, I don't play well with him as a DJ anymore in his band. That was a while ago, and it kind of fizzled out, whatever. I was too much work bringing my whole equipment all the time and got exhausting, whatever. Um, but we're all real homies. And so the show tonight was all broken up of bands that are members of the All-Stars or a John Tyler Star Band. So it was uh, it, it was Nick, uh, the bass players, uh, his, his band, yeah. And uh, he wears the gospel shirt in all of those pictures. I didn't even big up, big ups to, to him. Yeah, wonderful guy. And uh, uh, he'd call me a boob shoe. That's what he calls me. But uh, and then uh, Sean, uh, the guitar player, uh, is in Dead Ringers. 
So it was like those two guys, and then they asked me. I was I was happy. I was like all pumped to see my homies, and then that happened. But whatever. And then the, now the replacement band is John Tyler Star Band for the show. So that's pretty crazy. Yeah, um, yeah. Go to the show. It's at Jamrock tonight. I don't know. And listeners out there, Marty, do you have a hard hitting question for Ryan? Well, what? It's one thing I don't understand sometimes about bands from this area is, I mean, do you, it's, gosh, it's got to be so hard <laughs> to, I mean, the internet helps, but to make it out of this area, I'm really surprised that more bands don't spend a lot more time in Chicago, uh, yeah. Madison, Minneapolis than, than, than they do. Is it, is it hard to get gigs in Chicago or? Um, a little bit. You just kind of got to know the right people. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. One time I played this show where it was booked, uh, uh, like some, it was in Indiana, actually the last official, the gospel show with all three of us. And, um, so we get down and it's in Indiana and there's hardcore bands from Chicago are also playing and then it's hip hop. And then, so we didn't know if they're going to be like, we're going to stomp you. We're hardcore. And those dudes loved me. They were blown away. And uh, I'm like hardcore guys that are in, I don't know if he's, they're in their 50s, but they're they're older. They were in legendary bands back in the 90s, the hardcore bands that you'd read about in Maximum Rock and Roll. And uh, yeah, they just, sometimes, you know, it'll just click like that and they'll be like, we'll put you on a show. But then other times they're like, well, what do we care about some upper, you know, way up there, Wisconsin cow tunes, you know, whatever. They don't, you know, all scenes are clicky. And especially the bigger of a city, there's, you know, how much, you know how many turd bands that we see come and go around here. And it's just like, wow, just get these guys done and over with and <laughs> on to the next thing. You know, honestly, so many crappy metal bands. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, so imagine being in Chicago and seeing how many of those that they have there. If we have that many here, mm -hmm. it's, they gotta be, and then so why are they bothered about bands that think they could throw a stone and get, make something of themselves? That's why, I mean, you know, it's the, it's the business part of the music business. Get out and like, uh, bananas or something like that, you know, have, hire somebody to do that stuff for you because it is a lot of work and uh yeah if you don't have dedication to you know social media presence to like getting your name out there and all that yeah you could just yeah. be stuck in the mud here and trudge the fox river forever Which, does that then do you how are you looking at like your future as a musician as far as like you know, I would I would like to be able to make some money at this someday or something. I mean, it's I mean, in my day, it was a lot easier because you had ten major labels that had all yeah. the money and nobody else did, and you that's where you had to go. Yeah. Where now, well, I mean, it, it's it's a free for all. It was it was my goal to be the first uh, rapper that was on Fat Records. It didn't turn out. There's now there is this band called Codefendants, and they rule. Um, the record just came out a little while ago. But, uh, yeah, I don't really know. I'm getting older. I'm just having fun with it. I want to offend more people. I want to rock out. <laughs> Some of the the guys are in the in the band are older than me, too. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, some of them might not want to tour because of their, you know, their comfort level and all that. But I'm trying. 
I would like to go on a on a tour with Last Sons of Krypton, rock some rock some wigs off, you know. But uh, no, I'm mostly uh, as far as making money. I'm just uh, more worried on my uh, pornography career to, to get me uh, the money. It's not even a joke. Like I know you think it's a joke. It's not a joke. Se- sexy Dahmer, y'all. So where can people go to find out more about you, Ryan, besides sexy Dahmer? <laughs> no, um, <laughs> um, jointhegospel.com is, uh, it's, you know, www.jointhegospel.com. It'll take you right to there. I can tell you're older because you said the www. I know. No, you don't have to do that anymore. That's so weird. (laughs) Or the HTTP, all that, with slashes. Man, it's a lot of work. My mom still does it. It's painful to watch her tick, 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 tick on the internet. It takes, you know, dominoes.com. It took her like two hours. Easy now on the old guys. No, I know. It's my mom. I can poke fun. (laughs) But, uh, no, uh, so jointhegospel.com and then lowt.com. And that's uh, L-O-D-O-U-B-L-E-T dot com. And then... Uh, Here's the record right there. And then Last Sons of Krypton. There's no spaces in there. Dot Bandcamp dot com. And uh, yeah, that'll take you to all that. So, uh, also, if you want to get uh, this record right here, uh, just go into any of the local record shops. And be like, what up? You got that crazy white guy rapper dude from around here. And they'll give it to you for free. It also has a, a free digital download of my discography in there. Because I'm not making money off of this ever. Are you kidding me? This is, you know, you could buy it. I mean, you could buy it. You go to a show and you, you buy one for 10 bucks and you get a free t-shirt. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> Ryan, thank you for joining us today at Fox City's Core. Marty, thank you oh, for yeah. co-hosting. It was excellent seeing you I'm again. Happy here. to be here. Anytime, thank you for, yeah, thank you for having me. Nice and nice well, to meet you, man. Awesome to meet you. Heck yeah. All right, you've been watching <laughs> Fox City's Core on WCZR Code Zero Radio.